Today's guest brings us a variety of experiences dealing with horses, horseback riding, polo. She's been a member. Of the, she's been a member of the Cornell polo, polo, polo team, uh, Western riding team, and dressage. Also a member of the 4-H club. Marley Lukash, welcome to the Papa Bear Hike Show. Hello, thank you for having me. Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about the origins of how you started your interest in horseback riding began where did your interest in horses start because obviously it goes on beyond just riding a horse in a circle on your traditional what we think is horseback riding yeah so my mom actually had a horse growing up um that she mostly kind of just rode at home and trail road and she actually um at virginia tech she did riding lessons i did cross country which is basically going through um a course outdoors, going over jumps, like jumping over like logs and other kind of natural obstacles, um, a kind of standard like jumps you see, like watching videos of horseback riding. Um, yeah, so I just got interested, you know, like, I feel like a lot of young um, girls, they want that experience, like getting on a horse and riding. And I started taking lessons at this kind of summer camp place it was mostly like trail riding, really basics. Um, walk, trot, canter. And then it just didn't stop and I just kept going. Um, and eventually I convinced my parents to let me buy my first horse. And after that, I just never went back. It's like a lot of hobbies and interest. It started out as something you had an interest in, something you enjoyed. And then now it's a passion of yours, obviously. Uh, what do you, um, so tell us, you know, when you're, when you're riding a horse, you know, most of us, you know, we think of the outdoors, we get our backpack and we go for a hike or get in a canoe or on a bike. But I would imagine there's a little bit more involved with a horse, right? Because now you're taking care of something else that's alive. So what would you do in terms of not just preparing yourself, but your horse when you're going to go out for a ride? Yeah. So riding a horse is very much like a partnership. Because it's really this like relationship that you and your horse are like respecting each other and you need to make sure that whatever you're doing, whether it's going out on the trail, getting ready to go over a jump or just going for a leisurely stroll around the arena, like you both need to be prepared and communicating with each other. Um, so a big thing with horses is kind of starting on the ground and really like understanding each other's personality and understanding, well, is this horse like really laid back? And if I kind of give it a wrong cue. It's going to be like, okay, I know like what you mean. I'm going to do it. Or one of my horses, Athena, she's a little spicy mare. And if I don't give her pretty much the exactly right cue, she's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to do it. So it's very much kind of like understanding each other and reading off each other's cues when you make sure you're asking the horse what you want it to do. And if the horse isn't understanding or you it's kind of thinking the wrong direction, making sure that you're kind of guiding each other um, as you kind of go through whatever you're doing. I've spoken with people who hike with their dogs, but a horse is much bigger than a, a dog, obviously. And what do you do in advance 
to prepare your horses um, before you take that step of bringing them out on a trail and trusting that they're going that that communication will be there. Yeah. So usually, if when I go on trail rides, I usually make sure that my horse is pretty safe walking and trotting. And depending on what kind of trail you're looking at, um, it's if it's safe enough to canter. Um, and another thing I really like to do with my horses. Um, cause in the past I've done things like parades and, you know, there's a lot of commotion going on at parades and music playing, you know, and big fire engines and stuff going by is putting horses in these situations that aren't super natural to them. Um, so I've done things where I have hula hoops down my arena and you make the horse step in the hula hoop, um, and maybe kind of turn and keep its front feet as it's turning around. Um, I've done things where we put the hula hoop on the horse's butt or around the horse's neck. Um, so it kind of like gets like, all these feelings of like, oh, a branch is hitting them. The horse is not going to freak out. It's used to, oh, if something hits me, it's fine. Um, same thing, like we'll have like pool noodles or I'll have like a bucket I might carry with me in case like, I don't know, maybe my backpack's falling off and I have to grab it and it might be hanging down. The horse is used to maybe something something on its leg. Um, another thing I do with younger horses is if we're just leading around, even before you like get on them to start breaking them, is take milk jugs and put them around the stirrups and have them walk around something clanking on them. So there's a lot of different exercises you can do at home to kind of prepare your horse for, oh, if something's like touching me under unexpectedly, I'm going to kind of wait for your cues, whether you're going to be alarmed or be like, Oh, that's nothing. It's just something that's going to happen as like we do this. Right. You don't want to imagine like a human does if something brushes across our ankles and jump up and say it must be a snake. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that you were on the polo team at Cornell. Just if we can talk a little bit about that, because I, I, that sounds really interesting, um, polo. I, so if you could just share with us a little bit about your experiences on the polo team. Uh, yeah, so I learned to play polo my junior year of high school, um, and usually there's typically some sort of winter riding kind of camp slash lessons, and basically you go up to the Cornell's Equestrian Center, the Oxley, um, and twice a week you get on one of the, their polo horses that you know the varsity athletes play on, and they teach you everything from how to hold the reins because you have actually two sets of reins in polo, um, how to hold the mallet so you're not like straining your wrist, how to do back shots on the side and forward shots inside you're holding your mallet, as well as how to like reach around to the other side of the horse and do shots from the other side of the horse um, and whatnot. And then eventually once you are kind of at least somewhat prepared of knowing what to do, they line you up at the center of the field and you just start playing. <laughs> um, so, so with your horseback riding, have you done any trail riding, any place unique? Um, I know, you know, you're from the Southern tier of New York, but if you had an opportunity to go to any unique places to, to do any horseback riding and experience different outdoor environments. Um, I have not um, so much with my personal horses, um, but there are a lot of like really cool opportunities. I know like in Chincoteague, Virginia, um, where they actually have like the wild horses, um, there are certain areas where you can like bring your horses and ride on the beach. And there's a lot of interesting 
um, forest certain times of the year you can go and actually camp with your horses. I have a lot of friends that they'll go out for a weekend or even a week with their horses and trail ride all around some of the different forests. Um, but I have gone horseback riding in Iceland on the Icelandic ponies that Tolt, which is this extra gate that only this breed has. And it literally feels like you're floating on a cloud. It's amazing. So you took a trip to Iceland, and while you were there, you did some horseback riding. That sounds interesting. Uh, were you there on a vacation or educational experience, or did you just say, that looks like an interesting place to go and try horseback riding? Yeah, so I was actually in Greece for two months for this kind of research experience for my undergrad. Um, and it just happened that it was very inexpensive to stop on to Iceland on the way back. Um, and so I like did a lot of research and looked up um, where I could like ride these horses. And they actually, a lot of these facilities actually butt up right next to these like national kind of park lava fields. So you can like ride through the lava fields and through these like fields of all these flowers. It's very like surreal. Now I've noticed in my research that there are opportunities, as you pointed out, right here in the United States where people can go horseback riding. Uh, I've done it myself. I don't own a horse. But the opportunities are there, even for the novice, right? So let's talk about that. The person who has never been horseback riding before but says, you know, we're going to be on vacation in Virginia. That looks like it could be a fun activity. What would you tell those people? I mean, they may be a bit intimidating. I know it was for me the first time I got on a horse. But what would you tell somebody that maybe is a little intimidated or apprehensive about going horseback riding for the first time? Yeah, I think it's something that everyone should experience. And I think like you should go for it and just like be very open to the experience. And when you go to a lot of these places that they have the horses for you, these are horses that like, this is what they've been doing their whole life. They're not going to put you on a horse that's going to like do something crazy or spook at something for whatever kind of ride you're going on. Um, and I just say, get on and trust the horse and just be confident and happy and just really enjoy the ride because it's just an amazing experience. It's something that I've kind of had an attraction to over the years is out West. It's, it seems to be more popular out West is multi-night uh, rides on a horse, pack, you know, using pack animals, loading up gear on the horses and going out for two or three nights at a time. Is that something that you have ever considered or it crossed your mind? I think that would actually be really fun. Um, there's a lot of cool places out West that do that. Um, sometimes you go like through canyons and like go through these like crazy, like inclines um, and like the horses just, they've been doing it so long and they just like keep going and you like, you don't think you're going to make it up kind of inclines. Um, so I think it'd be really cool to go out there and do that. I'd love to take my horses out there <laughs> and do something like that, but I'm not sure they're, they're quite prepared for doing an overnight out in the wilderness. Yeah. That seems to be a whole different skill set for the horse. It's right. Cause, or, and, and for the rider, because you're not just taking care of the animal for that X and number X number of hours, but overnight you have concerns about having enough food, water source, et cetera. But out West, I've read a lot of stories where people have been backpacking on 
the Pacific Crest Trail, the Tahoe Rim Trail, and they cross paths with people are out on their horses doing the trail for multiple days. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it looks like a lot of fun. And yeah, if your horse is used to being here in the Southern tier, taking them out to the Sierras is a whole different experience as well. I just, uh, they'd have to be prepared to deal with the elements or the environment that, that is unique to that area. Marley, do you have any long-term ambitions in terms of your equestrian interest or passion, I should say? Yeah. Um, so my younger horse is Monty. He's going to be four in May and he's a Morgan gelding. It's actually kind of interesting because he's aided, but he isn't trot. This is very like kind of smooth, uh, like fox trot. And I would really like to take him to like some small reining events. So reining is basically, um, you do some sort of pattern on your horse. It's just like cantering. Um, and it involves you a lot of like circles where you're going like a fast, large circle, a small, slow circle. And you get into things like spins where your horse is moving around its haunches very quickly. Um, and you do things like sliding stops, um, which is a lot of fun. So I'd like to do something like that with him. And my other horse, Athena, she's going to be, I think, 11 or no, 10 this summer. Um, and she's my spicy mare and we're just starting to do a lot more dressage, which is a lot of times described as like horses dancing. Cause you do all these very fancy maneuvers where you're going sideways and you might be doing things where like you're doing this very, very small, like collected gait or something where it's a very large, the horses are really stretching out their legs. So I'd really like to get the bronze medal with the United States Dressage Federation. And it's basically, you have to do um, so many tests in the different levels um, and get a certain score. Your scores have like a percent. And it's kind of like one of these systems where it's based on how well you do, which is kind of nice. So you can see how your horse is like moving up the levels and improving versus something that's very typical if you go to a show over the weekend where you're placed against whoever else is there. Um, which I really like the idea of like, yeah, it's nice to compete and see how you do amongst other people. But also I like to see how I improve myself and my horse over the years as well. Yeah, I, I like to hear that approach to anything in life. Um, if you're going to compete against other people, that's fine. There's a time and place for that. But in the bigger picture, it's nice to walk away knowing, okay, I did better than I did last time. I'm improving. Um I'm working towards a goal. And I, I've talked about this on the podcast about hiking that you know, we shouldn't be making it about our destination, right? Reaching that goal, reaching first place, but the journey, getting there, right? You're talking about getting to that bronze level. That's a big achievement for you, a personal achievement for you. And just working on that, I think that's great. I've got to say, I find it absolutely amazing when I have seen some of these horse shows and the work between the rider and the horse. And uh, I want to ask you, how rewarding does it feel when you're able to do that, when you're able to get the horse to not just simply go forward and take you, you know, a few hundred feet or a few yards, but to do these different moves that, you know, we don't really think, you know, a horse just doesn't do unless it's trained to do that. How rewarding is that for you? Yeah. I, like I've been asked like in interviews for different things, like what's, you know, the most rewarding experience you've had. And usually the first thing that comes to my mind is, 
training my horses because it's just, it's such an experience that it's very individual to like you and that specific horse. And especially when you have these goals, you kind of get past like the initial stuff, which is always super rewarding going from something that might not even like lead on a halter to getting on the horse and actually being able to ride and, you know, start doing more complex things. But when you get to like these really fine things where you're trying to get your horse to do something just by like kind of flexing your abs, like such a subtle cue, like when you get to that point, like it's just like, it's amazing because you and the horse are so in sync. It's kind of like, it's going to kind of sound cliche, but it's kind of like you're one, you and your horse. And you really just kind of move off each other. And even horses can kind of sense like how you're feeling and stuff. And they kind of really play off that especially like when you can begin sync and really just give these little tiny cues, just a little brush of your calf on them or something. And it's just like such an amazing feeling because you just feel so connected to something. I'm going to go back to the, the dog comparison again. You know, we train dogs. You know, dogs are much smaller. We're physically bigger than a dog. And we could teach them to sit, lay down, roll over. But a horse is so much bigger. And do you, is it intimidating at first or is it just a confidence you've built over time to be able to get in front of that untrained horse and, 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 and start doing what you need to do to follow your direction? I think at first it's kind of intimidating. Um, I rode a lot of young horses that were like phenomenal, one of a kind horses. Um, one of my friends in 4-H had owned. And so I built a lot of confidence being on these horses that were super phenomenal, that were like three or four years old, super athletic, and also just riding some really, really well-trained horses because riding those well-trained horses teaches you how to train a horse. And I've heard this saying, and I think it's so true, is whenever you're training a new horse, whether it's super green, basically just, just being broke to ride, or it's a horse that it's been ridden for 10 years, but it just needs those fine tuning is just think about your favorite horse and how it gave, went off cues and everything. And you ride that horse like your favorite horse. And of course you do in a way where when the horse doesn't understand, you teach it. But if you keep that mentality of I'm teaching it to be my favorite horse, then you're basically training your horse, your new horse to be your favorite horse. Well, I know we talked a little bit about telling people don't be afraid to go out and try horseback riding, but in wrapping up here, any advice or pointers you'd give to somebody who's maybe looking to dip their toe in the waters of horseback riding? So if you start taking horseback riding lessons, the thing they're always going to tell you is to put your heels down, which is super important for being balanced. But I think even more important than that is to be confident and to always be thinking about what you're doing on your horse with a purpose. So, Because that's going to give you that confidence of I'm in charge and I'm going to have the horse kind of do what I want. So I think confidence is super important. And the other thing that is also super important for whatever you do is if you're doing it, do it because you enjoy it. And I know the first time could be intimidating and scary, but I don't know. I think usually you have a feeling of 
if you're going to kind of like something, especially with horses, because before you ever get on, you're going to interact with that horse in the ground, and that's going to really tell you kind of whether or not you're going to have this connection and work well with the horse. You know, I've heard this a number of times that horses are kind of intuitive to our unspoken or even uh, kind of cues that are coming off of us just by our feelings, right? They can pick up on us feeling nervous just by us standing there. I've heard people say that is that it sounds like you're, you're, that's some of your advice, right? If we're just kind of calm around these horses, that's step one, right? Yeah. I think step one is being calm and, you know, whenever you're going to go get on a horse, you know, they'll ask you kind of what your experience is and, you know, tell them that you're new. And if you're nervous, tell them that you're nervous because I have ridden some super confident, you know, they call them ringer horses, horses that have kind of been through everything. And those horses, sometimes they give you the confidence to be on there and be like, yeah, I'm up here. I know what I'm doing. Okay, Marley Lukash, thank you very much for coming on the Papa Bear Hikes podcast. Good luck in the future, and I'm looking forward to hearing about other horseback riding endeavors. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at papabearhikes at gmail.com or check us out Papa Bear Hikes 01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Papa Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.